What up, what up, what up? This is Network with Rai here. Just wanted to welcome you all to the Network with Rai show. The show and company that is dedicated to shedding light on emerging artists and bring awareness to entrepreneurs that are currently crushing it in the community and talk about life and all the opportunities that it has to offer. Are you adapting to the world right now? Yeah, my big advantage is that when I first joined Candybox Marketing, we didn't have an office back then. So I started with the company working from home. You know, that was my upbringing. So before I ever had to learn how to work from home, I was already getting good at working from home. I had no other choice. Uh, You know, I did have the advantage once in a while where like I'll step out and I'll go to Starbucks and it allows me to still go outside but work, work remote. But I got really good at working remote. And now that we're in the situation where we don't have a choice, I'm trying to go back to recreating the environment that I had back then. You know, and uh, some of these environments are like reducing the sound value, setting rules in the house. So if there's people in the house, um, I would have rules with them. You know, it was a little harder back then because I, I was like living at home with my parents and stuff. But I had rules back then. I would say like, listen, I'm working between nine and five. Between nine to five is office hours. So just like you wouldn't call me while I'm at work for like just a day-to-day question, um, let's treat it the same way. Let's make my office my office. And then after 5 p.m., I'm going to close my laptop. I'm going to come out and I'm going to spend time with the family. And at that moment, I disconnect from work. And I think the disconnecting part is really hard for a lot of people because they'll come in and they'll say like, I'm going to work from home. They don't have a set schedule. They actually don't know when to turn off the computer and go spend some time with family. They try to work longer because they're just in an environment where the laptop is available to them. And it's hard for them to disconnect. And what they'll find is maybe it's efficient in the first day. Maybe it's even efficient for the first week. But going forward week after week,�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������
you're going to make sure you use every single minute of that hour to talk, whether it's valid or not, just to make sure you fill in that gap. So that's a smart move. I think that's a great way of really saving yourself a lot of time. Exactly. And like, I'm using a lot of, you know, Google calendar. That's my best friend right now. You know, I'm starting to look at automation. So if you could have any tips, you know, on like what calendar apps to use or whatnot, let me know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I still use Google calendar, but I okay. use Google calendar with zoom integration. Um, and what that makes it easy is that uh, you can get a plugin with zoom that connects to your Google Chrome browser. And what happens is when you're booking someone in calendar, you'll see a new feature that says add zoom link. And by simply clicking that zoom link is going to fill in all the blanks for you. So you don't actually have to manually send them another invite with zoom. So that's one that I use um, to quickly book meetings with someone. And then the other thing that I like using is Calendly. It's a weird name. Calendly. With the L-Y? No, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's so good because you're setting the schedule that you're available for. And you're allowing to people to book you for the duration that you can speak. So if you want to only do 15-minute meetings, you're telling Calendly that you're only doing 15-minute meetings. And when someone goes into your calendar, they can book a 15-minute uh, time slot that you've given them as an availability. So it's not like they can book you at 9 p.m. at night when you're supposed to be hanging out with buddies. They only can book you on the time that you've given them. So you're really automating a system where you're saying, this is my time. You can book in my time, but then everything else outside of my time is non-negotiables. And I, I think non-negotiables don't get talked about enough. And these are things that you're like, no matter what happens, I'm not letting anything interrupt this time slot. So for example, my nine to five is a non-negotiable. Like my whole focus in those eight hours is candy box marketing, growing the business, doing things for clients, building the brand, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. After 5 p.m., from now that I'm in quarantine from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., I pull out my home gym equipment that I have and I work out and I don't care. I don't care if like a delicious dinner is waiting for me downstairs. I don't care if my friends are waiting to get on a zoom call. I don't care if people are trying to book me on podcasts and they're saying that 5 p.m. is my only slot. If that time is booked, I'm not negotiating that. Like I'm going to make sure I have to say no, because those are the necessities that needs to make my day successful. I think about meetings a lot with my team members and some of the things we talk about with our team members is knowing what your objective is going into the meeting. Cause the reality is, is when you go on a meeting and someone else goes on a meeting, they have their own objectives, right? Sometimes people will say, Hey, Mufus, can we get on a call? I have a few questions I want to ask you. And in that meeting, I know that they want to get their questions answered, but I need to have my own objectives too. And I need to know that if I go into this meeting, my objectives are to achieve ABC. And if I didn't achieve ABC, I feel like I haven't accomplished that meeting successfully. So having those things in your, in your mind saying, I'm going to everything with my own objectives allows you to be more focused on your things and not necessarily letting serving other people's objectives. I like that. Cause it, it also just builds value just automatically by itself. Like when you focus on what you need to focus on and just that, and you do it beyond you, what you need to do, off. Hey man, if you're not managing your schedule, other people are managing it for you, right? That's like if you're job. not filling in your, the morning, the, the moment you wake up right to the moment that you go sleep, if you're not filling in with things, you're letting the world fill it in for you. And it's going to be a combination of distractions, other people's objectives, and a lot of things that maybe doesn't help you get to your goals. And I think that if you don't take control of that and line it up to the hours of getting things done, you're just not going to get things done, right? Like you booked this podcast episode with me at this time. And you know that this is the time that you're using to build your podcast show. 
Mm-hmm. And you made that your objective. If you didn't plan that and you thought by some miracle, your podcast show would be active and it'd be amazing. That's just not going to happen. Right. We know that. <laughs> so, so like you were intentional about that. So I think being intentional about your objectives is so important. And, you know, it's not as sexy to talk about as the hype of like, go build a brand, but it's people underestimate how important it is when you think about the things that happen behind the scenes that a lot of these marketers don't talk about is really actually building an infrastructure that allows you to grow your brand and, and get to your objectives. And I want to make sure we talk about that on the show because I don't talk about it a lot on podcast shows. Ah, okay. Okay. So are you talking about more operations? Are you talking about more scaling? Like from what aspect? Well, this is, this is interesting because everyone has their own definition of success, right? Everyone's definition of success is different. Some people, have a goal of scaling and growing a business. Some people have an objective of maybe putting out a book. Some people like you and I have an objective of building a podcast show. So the first thing you want to do is actually figure out what your objective is. Then you want to figure out what you need to get done every single day between the second you wake up to this time that you go to bed to get closer to that objective. It doesn't need to be finished in one day and it's not practical, but get closer. And as long as you're focusing on those steps to get closer each day as non-negotiables, you're going to allow yourself to get to make progress. So for some people, I always love using fitness, man, because I think fitness is something that on a base level can be explained better than anything else is if you have a, um, a body weight that you're trying to get to or a body fat percentage that you're trying to get to, we know you're not going to get there overnight, right? Or else it's not a good goal, right? Like if you're just trying to lose 0.1 pounds, you're probably going to lose it overnight, but it's not a good goal. But if you're really trying to achieve ex- excellent and superstar results, you're, you know it's not going to happen overnight, but you also know that that one day of winning and eating right and working out is going to get you one step closer. And, you know, the mindset that we have in Candy Box, you know, shout out to Daryl Keezer, CEO. He's, he, he preaches this all the time and he also lives it where he says, let's just focus on getting 1% better each day. And I love that mindset because you're not trying to say like, hey, if I don't get to my body weight by three months, screw it. It's not worth it. Cause I'm trying to get good for the summer. Rather you're saying, let me just get 1% better each day. And you're not looking back at the big picture. You're looking back at your daily wins. You get enough of those daily wins, by the way, you could have a couple bad days and it's not the end of the world. As long as you have daily wins going forward and you look back at it, you're going to realize very quickly that it's not the one day that made you successful is many days consistently for a long period of time that allowed you to get successful. Yeah, that actually reminds me of my friend, Mr. Sam Dema. Small consistent action. Yeah, Sam Sam Dema's a great guy. I was I actually was right? just on a video call with him two days ago and cool. we had a great conversation. And um, you know, Sam Dema is someone that I've known for over two years. And two years ago we sat down and he, although he hasn't quite achieved the status that he has today, two years ago he was just dreaming. And I remember we were sitting at a Starbucks and he was telling me his dreams of getting on a stage and achieving a lot of these big things. But what was amazing about him was that he didn't just dream about it and hope that by manifesting and thinking about it is going to come to life. He knew that there was practical action steps that were required to get there. And he did it very quick. Like two years is incredible for what he was able to achieve. But to his credit, he worked his butt off for those two years, right? Like he truly made small consistent actions into like small leaps that he was doing consistently and I was very impressed to see how quickly he was able to achieve all that. Right. And like, that's why, that's why I definitely wanted to mention, because it's like entrepreneurship is just that. It's a day to day to day thing. 
you just got to keep a consistent mindset throughout period you know yeah um there's a lot of negativity right now there's of course there is you know the whole world is going into an apocalyptic era if you will <laughs> right i feel like the purge movie is about to go real you know it's, it's interesting right but it's crazy as, as long as you keep your own mindset uh to your own beliefs and you don't even just fall for all these headline readings i think you'll save yourself a lot of time and negativity <laughs> yeah i mean you gotta have optimism man the, the, the bit, reality right? is there's only so much you can do about the situation that's happening right there's only so much we're, we, we're all doing our small part which is stay at home quarantine and be do the best that you can by checking in on your family and provide some help and maybe donate a little bit of money that's the areas where i think you can really help but aside from that there isn't much more that you can do so I say, why worry about the things you can't control and why not rather just focus on the silver lining that's coming out of this? And there is a lot of silver lining and it's hard to think about it that way because we're always hearing about morbid situations, right? People getting sick, people dying, and it's very sad. It's very tragic what's happening out there. But the silver lining after doing the best that you can is looking at what you can do at this current time to allow yourself to achieve your goals. So for some people, it's entrepreneurial goals. Some people, it's about building their brand. Some people, it's about putting out something that they haven't done in a long time, like a podcast or writing a book. There's just a lot of things that can be achieved in this small period of time that a lot of people aren't spending a lot of time thinking about. You know, I was just thinking about it yesterday. I had a, I had a great conversation with a couple of my friends, and we were reflecting on what we're doing in this time. And one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is the amount of money that you're saving by not leaving the house. And I'm talking like commuting and the gas pricing that you would have been spending to travel around. I'm talking the food you would have been buying while you're out there. I'm talking about your daily expenditures on entertainment and fun. You know, the, the things that you would spend on. Like some people, um, some people have cut down on their smoking just because they don't want to go outside, for example. Some people would consume a lot of alcohol at bars and they're not doing that anymore. Um, so a lot of things are changing in the lifestyle where you're actually saving a lot of money. Now, Assuming you're still in a situation where you're still earning income and you're not having to save it for like a very rainy day, mm -hmm. um, you could now decide where you want to put that income into. Yeah. From my perspective, I see now like, hey, there's a golden opportunity of online advertising, right? Like Google advertising, Facebook, ads, uh, Facebook advertising, Instagram ads are super cheap because a lot of your competitors aren't bidding right now. And for you to have it, yeah, exactly. They're opting out there. They went into hibernation and they're waiting to come back out. So you have this window where a lot of people are not spending money on ads right now. There is no better time to spend money on ads right now if you have the additional disposable income that you're saving to pour into these ads to build your brand right now. Now, okay, so I'm glad we touched on this topic because I'm actually, I'm actually looking into this right now. I'm digging into it. I'm looking to scale at a speed that I personally can't handle and I wanna hire fast, right? So what avenues do you suggest you know do we look at agencies do we look at these people on linkedin giving us those those blurb of paragraph messages and say you know i can generate 30 leads a day for you like who do we listen to at this time like who do you recommend i mean there's a lot of people talking out there it's the beauty and the downfall of social media that anyone with a voice can actually be very loud on social media so it's hard to narrow it down but here's something to take into consideration there's a lot of businesses right now that are either on a freeze or they've actually laid off their staff or even unfortunately went bankrupt. There's a lot of talent that's available right now. And a lot of talent are idle and idle people are desperate. Like idle people that are productive 
are desperately trying to find things to do. Mm-hmm. And there is, this is a great time to reach out to that talent and work with them. I mean, at Candy Box, like we're fortunate. We haven't had to lay off anybody. We're all working 40 hours a week. We're all working full time and we're still doing excellent work. But we also know when we're ready to scale, there's a lot of talent out there. And we're always thinking about who the next talent is. So I do think it takes some research to find talent. I also think it takes time to research and find out case studies of what they were able to do, right? Like success stories. What have they actually accomplished? And can you use that evidence to decide if they're a good fit for your company? So for example, if I was looking at designers that I wanted to hire, I'd be spending a lot of time looking at their portfolio. I'd be looking at a lot, I spend a lot of time seeing their work and saying, is this a good fit for our clients? But I would also go as far as even hiring them for one job. And that one job would cost me a little bit of money because I'm paying them as a contractor, but I'm also seeing what their work is like because the reality is even though you see beautiful designs, it doesn't mean they were the only ones that worked on it. More often than not, when a designer is working on something, they get help and they get direction from a creative director. So there's a lot that happens. And when you do see their work, it's a good point to decide. From a sales standpoint, I think it's the exact same thing. You know, you can hire them on for a contract with a small period of time. Um, there's different fees that you could set up, whether it's commission-based or paying them for the first three months and then deciding if you want to keep them on and use that structure to decide if they're producing the results that are valid to hold on to. So you see the results that they've worked for these big sales company. Usually they'll brag about the statistics of, you know, the money that they brought in for the last company, that's something we hear a lot, but now put them to the test. You know, talk is only so much and sometimes it's cheap, but when you put them in the running, you really get to see if they're able to produce the results that they say they can. Test, test their muscles, technically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can flex, but can they lift? Right. <laughs> is, it, is it even a lift properly? Is he going to use his leg? Does he know the form? I like that. I like that analogy. Yeah. Can they even lift properly or are they actually hurting themselves and you like your business? And I think that's worth thinking about. I think that's great. Ooh, I like that. I like that. That's a juicy topic right there. I feel like we could even spend a whole another podcast just talking about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, The other thing I want to talk about too, Ryan is like, um, while I was talking about spending ads, it's very important for me to finish like, plug in the last piece, which is also important to say, which is that it is a very difficult time right now to get people to buy things. Yes. Right. And the people that have disposable income are probably buying a lot of things because they're bored and they're online all the time and they're getting hit with ads. You know, I just found myself buying uh, a bunch of clothing items just, just earlier today because I saw a nice ad of something I really liked. Um, It was a nice like Japanese jacket that, that looked really cool. And I purchased it. So I'm buying these things, but a lot of people are not buying in their circumstance and you need to be empathetic for that. And what that means is when you're spending ad money to get stuff out there, you're not necessarily just running ads to make a sale. A lot of people are going to be running ads to try to sell something and they're going to say this ad failed because no one is buying. You don't want people buying to be the underlying reason of whether your ad succeeded or failed. This is a good time to push out messages and stories and your brand persona out through ads. So you're not spending as much time saying what you sell, you're spending more time saying who you are. And if your ads are talking about that, your value proposition, your messaging, who you are, your care for your staff, your care for the community, your impact, if you're sharing stories and running ads towards that, what you're doing right now is you're building a following of people that supports your message, supports the brand, so that down the road, 
you know, when this madness outside ends and people are back to their daily routine and they're looking to buy things, they're going to remember that you helped them or you provided value or you align with their message so that when they're ready to buy or when they're ready to recommend you to someone else, that's going to happen tenfold. So you want to make sure that your time is being spent more right now, starting conversations and providing value rather than trying to sell and make a quick buck because that's not, that's more unlikely to happen. And the statistics will show that. I'm so glad you said that because as soon as we, as soon as Mario and I noticed what was going on, you saw how quick we pivoted. <laughs> you saw how quick we took the whole ship. We're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you got to move, you got to move quick with the times. Like we went online in like 30 seconds. You know, we saw a lot of companies go on zoom. Yeah. Um, zoom is where it's at. Zoom is where it's at digital meetings or Monday doc, you know, whatever you use, whatever yeah. co-working spot that you use is very big. And I like it. I like, I like working remotely and I think it's a start of a new revolution. I don't know if that's ready to say, but Hey, what if it is? What if people yeah. get so um, into it? You know, it's a habit. Everyone's like, yo, why don't I just do this from home? And then companies are like, yeah, we're saving so much money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, Ryan, like for the sake of your listeners, I, I think you should even chime in on how you and Mario pivoted because it was really cool. You know, to your respect, to the both of you, I'm so impressed by how quickly you adapted. Um, immediately after the first week, I see you guys hosting Zoom calls that are with a group, uh, roundtable discussions, Instagram live, like you're doing a lot of cool things because you know that now that people are at home and now that people don't have things to do and they have time on their hands, a lot of eyeballs are on their phone right now. And what you did that was really smart is you spent a lot of time bringing yourself to where they're looking. You know, you put yourself in front of their attention and I thought that was smart. So why don't you share that for your listeners? Like what exactly did you and Mario do to pivot at that point? Cause it was really smart. Yeah. So at that point, Mario and I just, we've been texting a lot lately cause everything's crazy. Um, so with constant communication, constant ideas, constant brainstorming, and I just texted him like, bro, we got to really hit online. We got to really focus. You know, he came up with the, you know, that, that discussion group. He, like, he's always inspired by groups of people. Mario loves like a pack of wolves. He loves that, you know? Um, and so do I. So we started building this group just internally, small, you know, in our own networks. Just, you know, hey, like, don't worry. You know, we'll help you whenever you need it. You know, talk to us. We'll do a Zoom. We're not going to charge you $1,000 after. Don't worry. And we just kept going, right? And then when we saw <laughs> this hit, we're like, let's just launch the groups right away. Because we were doing it internally. I was doing it in the Network with Rye show. Basically right now, I'm just networking with entrepreneurs right now. And then Mario is just a beast networker in his own right. So we basically combined our networks and started the roundtable discussion where we're now debating, you know, entrepreneurs are coming together. You know, we had 24 entrepreneurs in our first one. And on our second one, we're hoping to have like at least 50 minimum, okay. right? But, but this is just for discussion, you know, open opinion. Like it's okay if you guys disagree, but just don't belittle each other. That's all we ask. <laughs> I think that's incredible, man. I think that bringing people over in one space and creating a community is the best thing you can do. Like my philosophy right now more than ever is, and I've been saying this for the last eight years, like communities will never lose. Like if you think about the test of time, you know, even before internet boom, it was all about communities, right? It was all about getting together, doing meetups, having breakfast clubs, whatever it took to get people together and have discussions and collaborate. 
Then when internet boom happened, internet instant messaging took over, right? You had AOL Messenger, you had MSN Messenger, and people were using that to stay connected and have group chats. And then you had things like I, um, IRC was another big one that where people had chat rooms and they were chatting. It's always been about community. And even now, when everything got taken down, people still found a way to use a platform like Zoom to bring communities together and make it happen. And as long as people focus on not only building a community, but taking care of the community like you and Mario are doing, I have no doubt that the future is going to be bright for that community. Because if the community wins, everyone in that community wins. And that's where, I, that's where people, I think people forget because some people have a selfish drive where they say, oh, this person is also in my industry. Maybe I shouldn't help them because they're a competitor. And I think that's a selfish way to look at it. You know, I like using um, music as a great example about what makes Toronto so special, right? Mm -hmm. Toronto had a boom many years ago when Drake exploded and his career just skyrocketed and everyone started paying attention to who he was. But what Drake did as well is he brought Toronto in as a community. And he brought Toronto in where all these A&R divisions, all these record labels, all these superstars that are looking to collaborate started paying attention to Toronto. And he didn't say like, oh, The weekend is my competitor or Party Next Door is my competitor, so I'm not going to promote them. He said, I'm going to promote everyone that comes out of Toronto that has talent. And as a result of that, everyone in Toronto has won. Yeah. And I, I think of every industry the same way. You know, I meet a lot of marketers. I go to a lot of events that are filled with marketers and I love pointing them out and saying, these are superstars here. Talk to them just as much as you talk to me. And I do that because I know that they're part of the same community. We know the same people. We think the same way and we're going to collaborate down the road. Don't burn bridges just because you see them as a potential uh, competitor. Focus mm -hmm. on building and rising as a unit. And I think you and Mario have done that as an example better than I've seen anyone do it since, since uh, COVID-19 came in place. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's just like, we, we're, we're people-oriented. We love people. We, we thrive off impact. You know, like that's basically our company is saying. It's like, if there's no impact, don't do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? 100%. People are craving connection right now, man. And, you know, we've had social media for a very long time now. You know, the people yeah. that are being born in the, in the last generation are now digital natives. They're being born with an iPad on the right hand, you know, like they're so used to technology and they're going to be in a world where they're always connected, but just because you're connected doesn't mean you're connecting. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people are not doing a great job connecting with people. And, you know, yesterday I had such a great hangout with two of my friends and it was online. We had a great conversation and we had a breakthrough and it was such a big breakthrough because I realized that, when you meet people once in a while, so even if it's once a week, right? When you do a group meeting, the problem with meeting people once a week or more, some people meet once a month. And the problem with that is the conversation is all about hype, right? Like you see them, you're like, yo, what's up? Long time no see. What have you been up to? Tell me some good news. And everyone's on their first date. And by, which, by what I mean is like when you're on your first date, everyone's giving you their best impression. They're giving you their best behavior. They're giving you their best stories. So no one's actually talking about the downside of things. And why I said my, my conversation with my friends yesterday was so fantastic is because we saw each other so many days in a row where now the hype is gone. Like you can only be hyped so many days in a row, right? So eventually we were past that hype phase and then we actually had a down moment. And then we were actually talking about how you could be damaged 
right? Like when you could have been damaged on your upbringing and you could have been raised in a different way and you could have had challenges that people just don't see from your perspective. And it made me realize that some of the people that I see, I don't have their same mindset that they do. And it made me realize that from when I, when he explained the way he explained his life and what's going on in his life, I think for the first time after knowing him for six years, I was able to see things from his eyes. And I had a realization at that moment that shit, like you're really having some challenges. And I was at that moment, I was, I had to accept, like, I'm not going to sit here and drop knowledge on you. I'm going to sit here and really just try to understand you. And I spent the entire conversation just listening. And I told him at the very end that I will never see you the same way again. And I mean that in the best way. Like, I'll never see you again as in, I respect your perspective more than I've ever respected it because you were so raw. You were so organic in the way you were speaking. You weren't trying to give me your best behavior. And it was such a great moment for me because I think about all the people I connect to. And, you know, it's so easy right now to connect to a thousand people online, right? It's so easy when you start becoming popular on social media. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> One scroll through the feed and you've learned about eight people and what they're up to. Mm-hmm. And you're consuming so much knowledge that it makes it so hard for you to be empathetic and see things from their eyes. And it's so hard for you to actually connect with them in a level that's actually connection. And my encouragement to you guys is to not just connect with people, but connect with them regularly, more often and on an ongoing basis, and try to keep connecting with them to a point where the hype dies where it's not anymore about what's up, what you've been up to, but it's more about like, let's actually talk about the problems that are happening in our lives and let's dissect it and let's support each other with just love. And I like what you said where your roundtable is about disagree, but don't belittle them. I freaking love that because that's the same thing in, in building a connection. Mm-hmm. Go down the rabbit hole of the dark conversations too, not just the light, but do it with empathy and respect where you're there to support and help each other, not to judge and when you get to that point, man, I got to tell you, relationships that you have with those people, those will be the memories that you remember. Years down the road, you're going to look back and you're going to say, man, it was that day during quarantine that we chatted that I truly felt like I connected with you. And I don't think, here's the weirdest part, Ryan, I don't think it would have been possible if we weren't in quarantine because there's too many distractions. There's too many agendas. There's too many places to go to. Even when we go out, there's activity happening and people around us. The fact that we're alone in our rooms on a laptop screen, looking at a webcam, you have my hundred percent attention. And I really feel like that is the best time. So you want to talk silver lining? Here's a silver lining for you. This is no better time to create authentic, real relationships with people. And I say, do it now more than ever. You know, what's interesting. Just yesterday, me and one of my best friends had the same, almost the same identical conversation where it's like, there was no mask on. There was no like, like yo bro like i'm sort of depressed and i'm like yeah oh shit <laughs> i'm like i'm like what do you i'm just like what are you talking about bro We're like what do you mean and then we just talked about it for about an hour and then he's like bro thanks for listening bro and i'm like yeah like what the hell like we talk every day and we never got to talk like this like talk to me anytime bro <laughs> what do you mean yeah brother listening is such an underrated skill you know, everybody has a lot to say. And, you know, we live in a world where it's all about putting out content. Yeah. I've become such a big fan of taking the back seat and actually consuming content and listening to people. Um, you know, if you look at my social media feed, I think I, you know, we're in April now. And I think I posted twice this year on my social media feed, on my Instagram feed. And the reason I'm doing that is because my conversations right now, my content mm-hmm. is 
either put out stuff through Instagram stories yeah. or put out messages to people. Yeah. That's to me, that's content, right? And it's not just a fancy photo you put on your feed for the public to see content is also the private messages and how you craft those DMS. And I think, I, I think I'd rather spend my time there because I'm finding that human connection and truly believing and understanding people and growing together um, happens in the direct messages, not by reading comments from people and putting stuff out there on the feed. So I'm actually at the point in my life right now where I went from a year ago where I was posting a, uh, one post every single day religiously. You know, I used to even preach about that in my talks. But now I'm actually going to these talks and saying, guys, I, have, I had a new realization. Don't worry as much about the content you put out there. Worry more about the relationships you're building and invest your energy into that instead. So let's even talk about that a little bit more, man. Like even me. Um, I'm sending fire emojis more often, you know, making sure that everyone knows that, yo, I'm watching your story and I'm interacting. Like, let's, you know, we can talk about this or if it's funny, I'm laughing. You know, me and you always, we always DM, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's always like a nice yeah. interaction. So it's like, the more you do that, the more your business will grow and your networks will just grow itself. Yeah. Like you are, like, I love that your show is even network with Rye because you truly understand networking, I think, better than most people I know. Um, you know, like I need to tell the story of how we met because yes. I, think, I think this is a true attest, a, a testament of like you being and you being the guy that you say you are, you know, bef long before we ever met. Um, I know we were connected on social media for quite a while and all we were doing is exchanging messages, liking each other's posts. The thing that everyone is doing that's not really creating a connection. You're just followers of each other. Mm -hmm. And we did that for quite some time, but we both knew that we were local. You know, I was in Mississauga, you were in Brampton. And you would send me messages about things that are coming up. Now, a lot of people send me messages about things that are coming up. Like, yo, can you come out to my event? Yo, can you buy a ticket for this? Can you join this conference? Can you do this podcast? I get a lot of those. I don't usually say yes. But what was unique about yours is you didn't reach out to me as a sales pitch. You reached out to me as a connection pitch. I like that better. Yeah. And what you did to me is you sent me a message saying, hey, I'm DJing at an open house at a gym in Brampton. And I'd love to finally have an opportunity to meet you because we're so close. By the way, I'm also giving out t-shirts. I'm going to keep one on the side for you. What size do you wear? <laughs> and, and I remember you didn't even put that in writing. You did that through, you turned on Instagram video and you did a video recording to tell me that. And, and it's unfortunate you did that because I can't screenshot it and share it with others. But I will always remember that. I will always remember that you did that. And it was so personable. You know, you said, hey, Mafu's in the video. I know that you're not copying and pasting a text that you're sending to everybody. It was so personal that I asked you to put a shirt on the side for me and I came down and even though the music was loud, even though we didn't get that much time to talk, that handshake and that conversation that we had that was very brief allowed us to have so many meetups since then. Like since then, I think I see you like once a month at least. Um, and, right? Like it's crazy through events and meetups. Like we see each other not so even surprised often. Anymore. It's amazing. And to me, like, you're, you're, you're not someone on Instagram, you're a friend and mm -hmm. you're someone that I would, you're someone on my phone that if you called me and said, can we talk? I would say yes, hundred percent of the time, you know, like you're that guy for me. So you, you've, you've proven Likewise. that, you know, it's not a strategy. You've proven that through who you are mm -hmm. and that is your brand. Like the reason you are the networking guy is because you are the person that would reach out to people with value and not someone that's reaching out to close a sale. And I respect that so much about you, man. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm doing this with you today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And thank you so much, man. Cause like 
the more I've realized, you know, Mario, Mario sees me a lot. Like if, if there's anyone I can attest for anything that I do, you know, I'm learning from Mario. Mario's a guy that I respect, you know, CEO of MJF Solution, you know, um, bro, I'm just emulating what this guy is doing with his network and how he is as an entrepreneur and as an individual, as himself. He's as real, you know, Mario, you know, he has it as real as it gets, you know, it is what it is with him, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Um, you, you know what's crazy? It's like Mario's been in the game for so long and I'm almost sad that I've only recently met him. I think he's an incredible human being. And since I've got to know him, I realized that in his history, we could have path, we could have crossed paths so many times. Like we have so many mutual connections, brother. Mm. Um, like we connected on Facebook the other day and I was like, wow, he knows all these same people that I do. He took photos. What's crazy is like some of the friends that I have on Facebook, they have photos with Mario. <laughs> and I used to see that stuff, but I just never knew who he was. And now that I see it, it, it makes me realize that all these people that I know, they refer to Mario as a mentor and an incredible human being that was an influence on his life. So I think without a doubt, like whether I say it or those like hundreds of other friends or you say it, we all know that Mario has been a great mentor figure for a lot of people and he's truly proven it in the game. And, you know, for, who Mario is to you is Daryl Keezer for me. You know, he's a CEO. There you go. Uh, he brought, he brought me in eight years ago to the company, gave me a shot, you know, just a kid out of college trying to prove myself. And, you know, to my credit, I was able to prove myself. It wasn't like he just gave it to me. And, you know, since then he's mentored me and made me who I am today. Like, I think the fact that I can speak on stage as confidently as I do, the fact that I'm very confident in client meetings with successful business owners, and I can pitch ideas like without any hesitation. I think all of those just came out to watching Daryl, like not even having him sit down and train me, just yeah. watching him do these meetings um, made me realize that there's so much things that I can do to get better. And I've been practicing it since. Yeah. Ever since I just started taking like bits and bits uh, of Mario's day of that he does, he's like, Oh, I, he's like, I read every morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God crap. I got to pick up a book, you know, but then he goes, Oh, I listen to audios too, bro. I'm like, okay, good. I can do that. I yeah. <laughs> you know, but I just take bits and pieces that work for me and it works. It works. That's incredible, man. And you know what? We, like, without even saying it, we both are clearly talking about the importance of having a great mentor, right? And leadership, I think that's something yeah. that leadership, yeah, I think it's very important for people to see that. And, you know, like, we're fortunate to be working with someone that is our, our mentor, but not a lot of people have that because if they're entrepreneurs, they're probably seeing themselves as, I need to be that leader. But I also want to emphasize like your mentor doesn't need to be someone that you personally know, right? There's a lot of influential people out there that have either put out videos or books or courses that are extraordinary in what they do and they're available. You know why Mario reads a lot and has a giant bookshelf filled with books where he can say he read all of them is because he learned from other people's, not only other people's rewards, but also other people's mistakes. And I think for a lot of people that need that leadership and mentorship, you know, start there, find resources of things that you want to get good at know that there's a lot of people that are already good at the thing that you want to be good at and learn from them. They're putting out tons of great resources through books out there. Right. And like, even for me, like before Mario, it was Gary B on YouTube. Yeah. So like find your person that does it for you and just go at it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Right. And like, even, um, I kind of want to just give you, give you some shout outs. Like, are you working on anything? Are, is there any projects that you're working on? That you want to shed some light on? Uh, before we wrap up yeah to me is um you know being that i'm still active with candy box my focus right now is helping our clients um many of our clients are still operating which is fantastic some of our clients are want to operate but they're having challenges 
And right now my priority is to do everything I can to go to bat for my clients. You know, we're spending a lot of time getting on calls with our clients every day and sharing ideas of what we think they can do. We're also helping them execute it and we're helping them be creative. And I like the idea of being creative because just because you're in the confinement of your home and you can't go out there and operate like you usually do, there's still different ways that you can stand out. You know, just one example, uh, we have a client that we were supposed to do a video shoot for and the video shoot part is hard because it requires us going on set with them with our team and filming them. So there's a lot of people in one room and we're just not gonna do that um, to, to be as safe as we can. But instead, instead of making excuses, canceling, delaying, or giving them a refund, what we decided to do is help them reposition their messaging. And what we did is we shipped them through Amazon Prime, we shipped them a light stand so they could film themselves. And while they filmed themselves, we would be on a Zoom call behind the camera, coaching them in how to film themselves. So we would be like, Here, here's the lighting that wow. you want. Here's the color. We'd be like, oh, that's not a good color to wear on camera. Change your clothes. Or, oh, the lighting is bad here. Show me around your house and we're going to teach you where to sit. Turn this way. Oh, we don't want you to freestyle. Let me actually ask you the questions through Zoom. So all you're doing is you're responding to me to the camera. Then send us a file and we'll take care of the editing. Right? We didn't make excuses for why we couldn't deliver the product. We found a new modern way to do it. And you know what? The world right now, Quarantine is a universal problem. It's not a Mississauga Brampton problem. It's a universal problem everyone understands, meaning more people will understand why it's okay that you're filming from your home. Look at Jimmy Fallon right now. Look at Seth Meyers. You look at the shows. They're, they're literally running their late night shows from their bedroom. Seth Meyers is running his show from his hallway in his house. And what's crazy is that if you look at Seth Meyers' videos, you're going to see that his videos at home are getting more views than his video at the live studio. Yeah. Why? Because people appreciate the fact that he's still putting out content in this new fashion. And I encourage people to find the opportunity of what you can do in this environment that you're in while the world is empathetic, but paying attention to you. What can you do to adapt and still give out good value? So to me, clients is first and foremost, um, I'm putting out podcast episodes once in a while on Ride With Me. Uh, which is on Spotify and Apple. Um, you're obviously my boy Ryan was uh, on an episode, which was an amazing episode. Still, great, still gets fantastic amount of downloads, yeah. and um, I'm just hammering out episodes there because I like the idea of speaking to an audience during difficult times because I think they need to hear it now. So you know even you putting it out there after, send me that link after. I'm gonna attach it to the uh, the bio on this one. Hundred percent. I'll make sure I do that. You know, uh, but other than that, any, any social media handles. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not here to pitch stuff. I'm here to talk to people and to really go in wanting to create re, uh, connections with people. I encourage people to just reach out and connect with me. Uh, my Instagram handle is mafuzc, so that's M-A-H-F-U-Z-C. And, you know, all I want is a direct message. Send me a direct message. Tell me that you came from Ryan's podcast. And if you say that in your first message, you don't need to come up with a fancy way to get my attention. That's enough for me to know that that you want to have a conversation and I will respond back to hundred percent of those messages. Woo! Network with rise show exclusive. Yes. Only for the rise show guys. If you don't drop that line in there, like don't give Ryan a shout out in your intro message. You better have one heck of a fancy sales pitch, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for your time, my brother. Thank you so much, man. Ryan, it's an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. And Hey, like what you're doing out there in the market between 
uh, network with Rye, your ideas, your strategies, even with the love of music, you're absolutely crushing it. And I love keeping up with your progress, man. Keep up the great work. Thank you, man. Thank you. And we're done, eh? We're done just like that. That's fire, right? And now, yo, 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 Ryan, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta send me this episode, man, because that part where we talked about creating connection. All right, all right, folks. That was the Network with Rai show. Thank you for tuning in. Follow me on all social media at Network with Rai. That was Network with R-Y. That's right, folks. Peace out. See you next time. Thank y'all for listening. I just wanted to mention real quick, MJF has launched our monthly webinar series on Zoom. This Zoom is specifically designed for entrepreneurs that are operating companies, that are making money, that are making some moves and still need to scale, still need some info, still need um, some guidance, you know, in the industry. You know, how do I navigate? Do I need, you know, um, do I need some tax help? Do I need some finance help? Do I need some commercial loan help? We'll give you the goods at our roundtable discussion, April 26th. That's a Sunday at 3 p.m. Again, April 26th. It's a Sunday, 3 p.m. The roundtable discussion, MJF Solution. Peace out.